Welcome to HackerCast, an AI-generated podcast summary of Hacker News. I'm your host, GPT-4. Today is July 7, 2023. Let's get started. Part 1. Favorites. 1. How to do great work from paulgraham.com. The article How to do great work by Paul Graham provides strategies for achieving greatness in any field of work. The author emphasizes the importance of choosing work that aligns with one's natural aptitude and interests, and encourages individuals to work on their own projects. A four-step process to doing great work is outlined, which includes choosing a field, learning enough to reach the frontier of knowledge in that field, noticing gaps in knowledge, and exploring promising ones. The author criticizes educational systems for expecting individuals to commit to a field before they fully understand it and encourages individuals to be proactive and curious. The importance of working on projects that are genuinely interesting to the individual is highlighted, as well as the importance of making something that people actually want. The author also discusses the power of undirected thinking, the importance of being earnest and intellectually honest, the importance of informality, and the importance of consistency in great work. The article also discusses the concept of mathematical elegance, the importance of originality, creativity, and imagination, and the process of discovering new ideas. The author emphasizes the importance of being comfortable with rule-breaking and unanswered questions, and the importance of starting small and evolving ideas through successive versions. The article also highlights the importance of experience and the role of education in shaping our understanding of knowledge and work, and the importance of colleagues in work. The author concludes by emphasizing the importance of morale in ambitious projects. 2. Fast from PatrickCollison.com The entry on Patrick Collison's website titled Fast lists numerous examples of ambitious projects that were completed quickly, ranging from technological developments such as the implementation of JavaScript in just 10 days, to multitudes of construction projects like Disneyland being built in 366 days, and scientific achievements like Apollo 8 being launched to the moon just 134 days after the decision to send it was made. These examples demonstrate the power of human achievement when free from excessive bureaucratic constraints. The latter part of the article moves on to discuss these bureaucratic constraints within the USA, citing changes that have occurred since 1931. Specifically, the article establishes the 1960s as an era of significant shift in the U.S. bureaucratic landscape, supporting this claim with references to various authors, reports, and theories. The idea of America evolving into a vetocracy under the influence of powerful interest groups is also discussed. 3. Where in the USA is this? From Pudding.Cool Where in the USA is this? Is an engaging daily guessing game developed by the team at the Pudding. Its rules are straightforward. Each day, players are shown a series of five photos, all taken from the same location within the USA, and based on these, they must specify where they believe the place is. After each guess, a new photo is revealed and the proximity of the player's guess is indicated by a change in tile color. The closer the guess, the cooler the color of the tile. The game uses approximately half a million geo-tagged images taken from Wikimedia Commons to construct its daily challenges. A random location within the USA is selected each day and five photos from within a five-mile radius of this location are chosen to form the puzzle. The concept for this game comes from Russell Samora, a member of the Pudding Team, and a new puzzle is released each day at midnight EST. Stepping back, this game serves not only as a fun, brain-stretching diversion but also a window on the variability and surfeit of geographical landscapes across the United States. It's an intriguing way to draw on a vast repository of freely accessible images and could stimulate interest in unfamiliar locations while providing a novel perspective on places we think we know well. 4. How to build a website without frameworks and tons of libraries from CodingKitty.com This article, 
titled How to Build a Website Without Frameworks and Tons of Libraries Penned by the Team Behind Coding Kitty, reveals their undemanding and cost-effective approach to web development. Composed in reaction to an enthused query about the construction of their website, Coding Kitty provides a manifesto for simplicity, citing an attraction to a method uncomplicated, swift, inexpensive, and devoid of unnecessary complexities. The blog post details the team's rationale behind dismissing certain popular options like WordPress, no-code tools, and frameworks, as they were deemed too complex or overkill for Coding Kitty's straightforward needs. Given their requirement for simplicity and swift development, they sought alternatives that aligned with their minimalist ethos. The Jamstack approach, for instance, although initially appealing, they found undesirable in its demand for continual learning and the initial setup required. Their final choice, disclosed as Kitty Stack, was guided by their direct requirements, a rapid website, a fast-to-develop platform, affordable hosting, and minimal complexity. The foundation of their web content is HTML, which they find ideally suited to their needs. They opted for economical hosting, contending that a static site doesn't necessitate an extensive hardware setup, bolstering this claim with their experience of weathering a spike in traffic when their post hit the Hacker News front page. In their pursuit of simplicity, they did face the challenge of repeated patterns on their pages and posts. To tackle this, they employed a templating solution which enabled the use of loops, inclusion of files, and other structures, using Jinja templates. The blog concludes with a peek into their tool chain, which simply includes an update to an HTML source file that triggers a Python script, enabling the static pages generation. In essence, Coding Kitty's article is an invitation to reevaluate the realm of web development, questioning the need for unnecessarily complex tech stack. The article posits the ability to achieve the identical results with significantly leaner methods. The brand's sharing of its own approach showcases the benefits of a less convoluted setup. It's faster, simple, and cheaper. By banishing the noise brought by layers of complexities and ongoing learning, they argue the true essence of web creation is recaptured, breathing life back into a craft overshadowed by an overabundance of libraries and frameworks. 5. Case Study, Algorithmic Trading with Go from Polygon.io The article Case Study, Algorithmic Trading with Go on Polygon.io describes the author, Justin's, experience in developing an automated retail trading bot. Justin wanted to automate around 500 short-lived trades across the stock market. This led to him overcoming challenges like bandwidth limitations, risks of single-stock investment, and complexities of position management. His automated trading tool took years to build, incorporating Polygon.io as a data provider, a Go application, and interactive brokers. The tool automates the process of trading, reducing complexity and increasing efficiency. Key lessons in creating the tool include understanding of the stock market, order management, handling edge cases, embracing randomness, using tick bars instead of time bars, in-memory data handling, project complexities, using Go and Python, and utilizing personal computers. The importance of understanding raw trade data, market trading times, and testing edge cases with simulated money is emphasized. The use of OpenAI's ChatGPT was also highlighted as it significantly enhanced productivity. The author concludes with an insightful list of resources including books, online communities, and courses used during the project to gain knowledge about programming, stock markets, and data analysis. 6. Simple Unix Chat from the Dam.org This article from the Dam.org introduces Simple Unix Chat, SUC, a text-based communication system similar to Slack and Mattermost, but developed with just five lines of bash code, making it significantly simpler and less resource-intensive. The system leverages Unix and SSH tools for authentication, access control and data encryption. The article strongly argues for simplicity and efficiency in coding, 
discarding the tradition of evaluating coding progress by lines. The author presents how root users can set up souk to manage access control for other users, while a script souk underscore channel.sh prevents instability during the setup. The Unix tool GNU Gweeks is praised for its ability to automate user group formation, make SATUID binaries more accessible, and simplify tasks for the root user. The article also discusses ANSI escape codes, primitive methods for displaying texts on terminals, and the simplified system music. Music operates with owner privileges and is flexible in expanding its features. The article provides various bash and git examples of souk in use, highlighting its advanced functions, such as triggering alerts for push updates to repositories, ulnav log file viewer functions, regex-based bot commands, and channel management. The article concludes with an invitation to readers interested in souk to join the DAM community, or rent a VPN from Gweeks Hosting to create their own souk instance, both implying a small annual fee. 7. Regex Engine Internals as a Library from blog.burntsushi.net The article Regex Engine Internals as a Library by Andrew Gallant covers his work to rewrite the Regex crate in Rust, resulting in the creation of a new crate, Regex Automata. The text starts with a history of how the Regex library became part of Rust, beginning with Graydon Hoare's recommendation of a Regex engine utilizing Finite Automata in 2012, followed by Gallant's work on creating a Regex engine for Rust in 2014. Gallant explains the problems with the Regex crate, such as the inconsistency in the composition of strategies and difficulty in selecting the optimal strategy, even leading to difficulties in testing. He also discusses various requests for specialized APIs that were not integrated due to niche application, leading to the suggestion of a separate version library with Regex internals for more flexibility. The author then delves into the internal mechanisms of the Regex engine, discussing DFAs and demonstrating examples with Regex CLI. Lastly, the extraction and ordering of literals, an essential part of regex engines, is discussed and the generated challenges presented. 8. An interactive guide to SVG paths from NAN.FYI. In the article A Deep Dive into SVG Path Commands, Nanda Sarasayad vividly elucidates the intricacies of SVG paths and path commands. SVG paths essentially constitute the core of any icon, and are written using path elements in combination with an attribute. Despite this attribute often being neglected or overlooked due to its complicated and cryptic nature, Sara Syed highlights its importance in improving his front-end skills and creating animations. He explains that that attribute, also known as path data, essentially comprises a series of commands instructing the browser how to draw the path. Each command within that attribute is typically represented by a single-letter code, followed by a number or series of numbers as parameters. He further likens these commands to function calls in programming with the single-letter code acting as the function name, and the numerical parameters as the arguments. In addition to this, the commands can be either absolute or relative. Absolute commands, indicated by uppercase letters, plot their parameters relative to the origin point, 0,0, while relative commands, represented by lowercase letters, measure their parameters from the endpoint of the preceding command. In his conclusion, Sarah Syed briefly summaries the primary points, that attribute comprises various commands, these are executed in sequence to draw paths, the single letter and numerical combination represents a command, with upper and lowercase letters signifying absolute and relative commands, respectively. Sarah Syed's guide may have implications for web and graphics designers, giving them a greater understanding of SVG paths and how to be more precise with vector icon design. Additionally, the knowledge presented here could assist front-end developers in understanding and creating more complex SVG-based animations and graphics, leading to richer, more interactive user interfaces and experiences. 9. Stop trying to make social networks succeed from plume.net. Penned by Lionel Draco, 
also known as Plume, Stop Trying to Make Social Networks Succeed, is an insightful examination of what success in social media means, identifying the fallacy and seeking a universal social network that rules them all. In his detailed analysis, Plume challenges the central ideas about the success of social networks. Citing the emergence of sites like Blue Sky and Threads, and the declining popularity of platforms like Twitter and Reddit, he argues that predicting which platform will succeed and why others will fail misses the point entirely. According to Plume, social networks, like other human endeavors, are temporal and cater to a specific niche of users. For commercial social networks, success is often deemed as earning enough to please investors, while non-commercial networks exist as long as there is user engagement. Emphasizing that no social network can be universally representative, he uses the example of platforms like WeChat, QQ, or VK, which have immense popularity in regions like China and Russia but are virtually unknown to Western users. This underwrites the point that experiences on social media are subjective and shaped by one's cultural and geographic location. Plume also warns against the Silicon Valley narrative of creating a universal, omnipresent social network, viewing this as a commercialization of our communities. Instead, he urges users to invest their time and efforts into building their own communities in ways that are sustainable and meaningful, rather than seeking an elusive universal network. In essence, Plume's article reminds us that our social circles now are more virtual than real, but they still must represent our values and individuality rather than being a commercial entity beholden to venture capitalist profit-driven motives. The crux lies in realizing the true nature of social networks, our interconnectedness as humans, rather than the platforms that facilitate those connections. 10. AI and the Automation of Work from BenEvans.com The article's AI and the Automation of Work and 40 Years Later, Do Spreadsheets Mean You Can Goof Off Early? Not really, both published by Benedict Evans on his personal website, concentrate on the implications of AI automation, specifically generative AI, language learner models, LLMs, and GPT-3, or chat GPT, on employment and job structures. Evans states that the introduction of these technologies has an uncertain impact on existing jobs and may create potential jobs. Drawing on aspects from history, he argues that although automation leads to the loss of specific jobs, it also generates new ones. He confronts the lump of labor fallacy, which states job availability is fixed, demonstrating that automation can actually enhance cost-effectiveness, resulting in new employment opportunities. He supports this by mentioning the Jevon paradox, suggesting that increased AI efficiency might lead to more utilization, transforming job structures rather than reducing employment. In the other article, Evans acknowledges concerns about the rapid rate of AI development possibly causing short-term loss of jobs and adjustment difficulties. However, he counters these claims with data implying that AI integration into workflows may take years due to the complexity of existing processes. He also highlights the lack of understanding and specificity that AI currently possesses, arguing that full-scale replacement of human labor by AI is premature. Part 2, Show HN. 1. Threads, an Instagram app from apps.apple.com. The URL directs us to Apple's App Store to provide information about Instagram Incorporated's new social networking app Threads. Unlike Instagram's predominantly image-based interface, this app shifts focus onto text-based conversations. As described in the App Store, Threads is a platform for communities to discuss a variety of interests, from daily issues to trending topics. Users can follow their favorite creators, connect with others who share their fascination, or cultivate a following around their own passions. Critical to note, though, you must have an Instagram account to create a Threads account. The app currently holds a 3.9 rating out of 5, aggregated from 16.4k reviews. A selection of these reviews offer mixed sentiments. Some users laud it as an improvement on Twitter's format, 
celebrating its less toxic environment. Others decry the lack of a trending page and direct messaging function, and call for Threads to be a standalone app rather than a sister platform to Instagram. Concerns were raised about content visibility control and the unsolicited appearance of unaffiliated posts on user feeds. From a privacy standpoint, the developer, Instagram Incorporated, indicates a range of data linked to user identities may be collected, including health and fitness, purchases, financial info, location, contact info, user content, browsing history, and search history. Summarizing, Threads is Instagram's fledgling attempt to tap into the world of text-based social networking. Its infancy is evidenced in user criticisms, noting key features missing compared to other well-established platform competitors. However, there is optimism in Threads' potential, providing a less hostile digital space for community conversation. The compulsory tie to Instagram could be a future challenge, possibly restricting its growth as a standalone social networking entity. The success of Threads will depend heavily on how Instagram Incorporated responds and adjusts to user feedback in its future updates. 2. Hacker News User Blog Roll from DM.HN The webpage under review is a simple blog roll, or list of blogs, which are drawn from the hacker news community. Conceived and constructed by a user known as Revskill, the platform serves as a response to an Ask HN thread, where the question, could you share your personal blog here? Received overwhelming responses, amassing over a thousand blog links. The site compiles these blogs, presenting them in order and providing a brief description of each, along with its URL and associated username. Notably, the site is automated to update or check the thread every six hours, ensuring the blog bookshelf is constantly updated. If any member of the Hacker News community wishes their blog to be included, they are invited to drop a line at nelson at hernandez.id to get it added to the list, as there is yet no functionality for users to submit their blogs directly. From a technical viewpoint, the site is built on Rails 7 platform and incorporates several gems, including Nokojiri, Ransack, Kaminari, and Sidekick. This compilation of blogs is an eclectic mix, boasting content on everything from DevOps and cloud-related topics, cybersecurity, personal memoirs, to game development insights, thereby catering to an extensive range of interests. While at the first glance this may seem like simply a substantial list of blogs, its deeper value lies in its unparalleled representation of the assorted voices, perspectives, and expertise within the hacker news community. The creator's approach, motivated by the desire to access a curated list of public domain knowledge, is profoundly democratic and community-driven. This compilation provides a one-stop destination to tap into this rich well of knowledge, experience, and interest, rendering this endeavor an impactful contribution to the democratization of information and community knowledge sharing. 3. Joplin, an open-source note-taking and to-do application with synchronization from github.com. The articles discuss the open-source project Joplin, a note-taking and to-do application, available on GitHub. It runs on various platforms such as Windows, Mac OS, Linux, Android and iOS, and has inbuilt synchronization features. It offers features like security, code spaces development environments, a co-pilot for code assistance, and more. The Joplin GitHub page allows developers to contribute to the project, fork it, and also bring up issues. Users can create and manage notes, to-dos, and tags in Joplin, import notes from Evernote, and export them as JEX files. They can also synchronize their data, available on cloud services like Nextcloud, Dropbox, OneDrive, WebDave, and Joplin Cloud, across multiple devices. Joplin supports alarms for mobile and desktop versions, provides a markdown feature for note formatting, and offers both markdown and rich text editors. An import guide for various apps, an export guideline for JEX format, and a synchronization guide are also provided. 
Joplin allows data independence from any particular company and has an abstract level synchronization process. It communicates with services like Nextcloud or Dropbox through lightweight drivers and allows for easy backup and inspection of data. Users can also set up scripts for syncing regularly. The article directs how to connect Joplin with private cloud solutions like Nextcloud, other WebDAV-compatible services and with Dropbox and OneDrive. It also supports multiple S3 providers like AWS and Linode, with comprehensive instructions for setup. Joplin is continually updated and encourages user participation and development through donations and sponsorships. 4. Tabserve.dev HTTPS proxy using web workers and a Cloudflare worker from Tabserve.dev The article from Tabserve.dev discusses the features of Tabserve, a web application that enables users to create a HTTPS URL for their local host using just their browser. It uses browser-based web workers along with a single Cloudflare worker to create a reverse proxy to the user's local host from the internet. Advantages include sharing local web servers globally, receiving webhooks and using browser JS APIs that require HTTPS only. Each subdomain is secured and offers load isolation for improved safety. Moreover, testing has shown potential throughput of between 100 to 500 requests per second. However, limitations include domain-specific response bottleneck and the lack of support for WebSocket requests or TCP-UDP connections. The document also covers the setup of Cloudflare Worker and DNS, detailing required configurations, usage of resources, and browser compatibility issues. Notably, Chrome and Firefox are found to perform well with the application. Finally, users are reminded to enable cross-origin resource sharing on their local host web server. In some parts of the document, incomprehensible text was found that offered no additional information to the summary. The potential author of the document could be pegged to the Twitter handle, at underscore Enzo underscore dev, suggesting a developer group offering the service tab serve. 5. GameBuddy, a full-body game controller from GitHub.com. The GitHub project GameBuddy is an open-source game control system that interprets various body movements into specific commands or inputs. Created by the user Everything is Shacked, the project uses Python, OpenCV, and MediPipe, and is available under the GNU General Public License 3.0, permitting users to run, study, share, and modify the software. Body movements including arm extensions, leg lifts, and other motions are mapped to keys based on customizable CSV input files. The software requires a well-lit, plain background for optimal results and might necessitate an external monitor or webcam for capturing full-body movements. The GameBuddy can be operated on Mac OS, and although it has no published releases or packages, it has received appreciation, indicated by 106 stars and 5 watchers on GitHub. Part 3, Code. 1. Hurl 4.0.0 from hurl.dev. The team behind Hurl, a command line tool that runs HTTP requests defined in a straightforward plain text format, is elated to announce their latest milestone, Hurl 4.0.0. Primarily geared towards improving user experience, this release introduces a set of intriguing features and changes. A central highlight in this update is the improved Hurl HTML report. It's now easier to integrate into your C/CD solution, offering a waterfall timeline graph for each request/response and providing an insight into response timings. Additional improvements include run logs with comprehensive request and response details, and of course, syntax-colored source files with inline errors. The Hurl team has also introduced a more detailed error analysis for C/CD. Unlike the earlier setup where a test error provides little to no context regarding the failure, a new error format option allows for a more comprehensive error description, logging the response headers and the response body, 
thereby making it simpler to pinpoint and resolve the bug. Further improvements introduced include new filters, decode and path, which help in dealing with encoding concerns. The team also made a subtle change in the evaluation of JSON path query due to several edge cases where implementations differed. With the new JSON path approach, only selectors returning a value are array index selectors and object key selectors. The team has also allowed custom HTTP methods, thereby providing the liberty of writing the method in uppercase. Moreover, Hurl 4.0.0 offers an opportunity to experiment with the upcoming method query. This update underlines Hurl's drive for better performance and also hints at areas they are keen on enhancing in subsequent releases, notably in improving assert performance. Overall, the Hurl 4.0.0 release represents a significant step forward for the platform, with its well-structured performance improvements and new features specifically designed with the user in mind. It certainly induces a sense of anticipation as to how Hurl will continue to refine and innovate its platform in the years to come. 2. Backend of MetaThreads is built with Python 3.10 from Twitter.com. Apologies, but the link provided, a Twitter post by the handle at Longa, could not be accessed due to JavaScript being disabled in the browser from which it was scraped. Consequently, the content of this Twitter post remains unavailable, making it impossible to provide a detailed summary and analysis. Please ensure to allow unhindered access to the URLs in question for a more productive analysis. 3. Lesser-known tricks, quirks and features of C from jerengariner.github.io The article, Few Lesser-Known Tricks, Quirks and Features of C by Jerengariner, explores a multitude of features and practices within the C programming language that are often overlooked or unknown. These features include array pointers, comma operators, digraphs, trigraphs, designated initializers and bit fields, among many others. Each feature is supported with code samples and associated resources. The text also covers some lesser-known syntax and qualifiers such as zero-length bit fields and the use of volatile, restrict, and register-type qualifiers. The article delves into the syntax of interlacing constructs and unconventional aesthetic syntax such as the dash greater than operator and the IGSR syntax. The Cosmopolitan LibC project is touched upon as well, which allows the C language to be more compatible with different operating systems. The use of inline assembly in C programming, object-oriented programming, and metaprogramming are addressed as well, all complete with external links for additional reference material. This compilation of C programming features and practices helps broaden the understanding and application of this language, making it a valuable resource for any programmer. 4. Slow down and waste memory from github.com. The provided text appears to be a technical, structured documentation related to JavaScript core's runtime. It presents a list of file paths, names and types, mostly with .cpp and .h extensions indicative of C++ and C header files. The files seem to be crucial components pertaining to the JavaScript core runtime environment. Though filled with file names like abstract module record.cpp, async function constructor.cpp, cached bytecode.h, control flow profiler.h and jsarray buffer view.cpp, among others, no specific author, title, website or contextual information is given, which makes it challenging to interpret the text's relevance and significance for a larger summary. The files indicate a broad range of functional areas, including internationalization, objects, values, and configurations. The information might suit developers and programmers interested in the JavaScript core project. However, due to the document's dense, technical content and lack of broader narrative or discussion, it might be better suited to a visual medium rather than audio formats. 5. The hardest part of building software is not coding, its requirements from Stack Overflow.blog. The article published on the Stack Overflow blog, 
the hardest part of building software is not coding, its requirements, discusses the complexities and challenges associated with defining software requirements. Using personal experiences and wide-ranging examples across sectors, the author, Jared Toporek, emphasizes that the intricacies in developing software are not in the coding process but the requirements, which are determined by humans, and entail diverse variables and requirements. Despite the role of artificial intelligence, AI, in creating rules-based systems and problem-solving, he suggests that software development is analogous to driving due to an abundance of scenarios and situational judgment calls, expressing skepticism about the potential of AI to fully create software. Toporek also highlights related content from the The Stack Overflow podcast and various articles discussing code integrity, AI tools, self-healing code, and developer experience through AI and open source. Comments from users on these topics, touching on project management methodologies, and AI and software development were also featured. Lastly, comments from a thread linked to the blog post offer varying viewpoints on the importance of carefully cataloging requirements, the feasibility of deriving solutions from set requirements, and recommended resources. The text concludes with an invitation for further user responses and information about the website. 6. GPT Migrate converts repos from one lang underscore framework to another from github.com. The article describes a repository on GitHub named GPT Migrate, developed by a user called Zero's Pain. Its purpose is to help users migrate a code base from one framework or language to another, a challenging and tedious process. The repository features project management tools, and its code falls under the MIT license. Details about the project can be found in the readme.md file, which advises careful use due to the complexity of code migration. The open-source software community can contribute to this repository to address its challenges. The GitHub page hosts links to external resources and has security and feedback features. It also mentions the project's video and its various components. Further parts of the article discuss GPT Migrate's operation, detailing the need for Docker and a GPT-4 model, the setting of an OpenAI API key, and script customization options. The repository's process for migrating code is through creating a Docker environment, identifying and converting dependencies, and debugging and testing the new codebase. Although the repository is in the alpha development stage, it performs well with simple languages but may need human assistance for complex languages. Prompts in GPT Migrate guide the migration process, with sections layout out ongoing improvements and calls for more contributors. The article also mentions a new service for extensive migrations. With the repository gaining significant attention on GitHub, it invites more engagement on Twitter and guides users to their website for more information. The project is entirely written in Python and operates under an MIT license. 7. Systems Programming with Racket from docs.racketlang.org The article, More, Systems Programming with Racket, is a tutorial written by Matthew Flatt for using the Racket programming language, which is presented as a mature, user-friendly language with tools for systems programming. It covers topics from starting a project in Racket to using Racket for server management with the creation and utilization of a listener. Subsections of the article provide detailed explanations and code examples on handling multiple threads, managing server loops, improving server functionality, dealing with potential security issues, and efficient shutdown systems using custodians. The tutorial also introduces a concept called parameterize for dynamic binding and encapsulation of resources within a custodians. The article appears to be targeted toward developers with some prior experience in Racket, although Flat also advises beginners to consult the Racket guide. The article includes numerous links to the official Racket documentation for further exploration of specific functions and concepts. Part 4. Data. 1. Joins 13 ways from justinjafray.com. 
The article written by Justin Jaffrey discusses the varying definitions and perspectives of relational, inner, joins that are commonly used in the database realm. The different approaches to viewing a join include seeing it as a lookup, a nested loop over rows or columns, a compatible alternate reality, a solution to the n plus 1 problem, and paths through a graph, among others. Moreover, it elaborates on the concept of a join as a largest acceptable relation, least upper bound in a partial order set, and a ring product, and provides examples for each. The piece is intended to provide a more comprehensive understanding of joins in coding and data contexts. 2. Cloud-backed SQLite from sqlite.org. The article from sqlite.org details the cloud-backed SQLite, CBS, system for storing databases within cloud storage accounts. The CBS system, which supports Azure Blob Storage and Google Cloud Storage, does not store databases in conventional formats but in one or more fixed-sized blocks with a manifest file. CBS comprises three components, primitives for managing databases and storage containers, a daemon process providing local clients with read-only access, and a VFS module for read-only or read-slash-write access. To use CBS, several C files, header files, and specific libraries need to be included in the source code. The article provides an in-depth understanding of SQLite 3-BCVFS-Create function, the process of attaching databases to a VFS, and handling SQL scripts. It sheds light on secure containers, encrypted using 128-bit ISO-FB encryption and explores authentication with cloud storage systems. The piece also covers concurrent access, local changes, block sharing and various pragma commands, and discusses four tables of the virtual interface, bcv underscore container, bcv underscore database, bcv underscore http underscore log, and bcv underscore kv. It also mentions commands for managing databases remotely, and functions like copy, create, delete, destroy, download and upload. In the cloud storage module, the daemon command with different customizable options is discussed in detail for protocol setting and functional flexibility which range from IP address to cache size, from HTTPS request wait time to the port number for incoming connections. Finally, it highlights debugging options available for efficient system management. 3. LightFS Cloud Distributed SQLite with managed backups from Fly.io. Flying high in the clouds of backend as a service, a blog post by Darla Magdalene Shockley and Ben Johnson on Fly.io announces their latest offering, LightFS Cloud. This new tool is designed to simplify distributed SQLite management and enhance disaster recovery provisions. LightFS, an open-source distributed SQLite database developed by Fly.io, makes data replication possible on the same file system as your application. Its simplicity and speed are complemented with the benefits of distribution, making it ideal for read-heavy web applications. However, being local to your app means managing your own LightFS cluster, previously mandating the creation of your own backup arrangements, such as taking regular snapshots, storing them, and establishing a suitable retention policy. LightFS Cloud is the solution to this problem. Launched in preview, LightFS Cloud offers managed backups and restores. Capable of taking a snapshot every 5 minutes, Regardless of who is hosting your database, the result is 8,760 snapshots per month. Consequently, this means you can restore from any point when a snapshot was taken without needing to outfit this kind of system yourself. Setting things up simply requires an upgrade of LightFS to version 0.5.1 or greater. From there, a LightFS cloud cluster is created in the Fly.io dashboard. Fly.io will then take care of the backing up, enabling the user to restore the database nearly instantaneously to any point in time within the last 30 days. At the heart of LightFS is the Light Transaction File, LTX.
A simple file format, the LTX is built for fast, flexible replication and recovery in LightFS and LightFS Cloud. An LTX file constitutes a changed set of database pages. When a write transaction in SQLite is committed, it updates one or more fixed-sized blocks, known as pages, each by default 4 kilobytes in size. Importantly, contiguous sets of LTX files can be combined through a procedure known as compaction. And these compacted LTX files present the foundation for fast point-in-time restores through the application of multi-level compactions. This approach minimizes the data required to be replayed during restoration without forfeiting any data integrity. Simplicity and redundancy remain the cornerstone of LightFS's design. Work with LightFS is primarily through async replication, which, while compromising on durability guarantees, greatly simplifies cluster operation. Here, object storage is employed to maintain data durability with asynchronous updates being batched together. 4. Things that surprised me while running SQLite in production from joseferban.com. In his article, Three Things That Surprised Me While Running SQLite in Production, Joseph Furban, a programmer who specializes in Django and Node, shares his unexpected observations after using SQLite in several production projects for six months. Furban begins by explaining how he uses SQLite. Several of his Django apps and a still in early development node-based MMORPG use SQLite. He decided to use SQLite due to its recent popularity, despite being a minimalist in his personal and professional life, and his belief that simplicity is the best starting point. Furban then proceeds to the crux of his blog, the three things that took him by surprise about SQLite. Firstly, contrary to his expectations, in-memory SQLite isn't exceptionally exciting, particularly for his JavaScript benchmarks. He explains that this is perhaps because the dataset in his benchmarks was too small, rendering an in-memory SQLite performance not significantly different from that of a file-based one. Secondly, Furban was surprised by SQLite speed, specifically, its performance when compared to native JavaScript data structures. He ran some benchmarks of inserting and updating entities stored as JSON blobs and found SQLite to only be one to two orders of magnitude slower, much faster than he had anticipated. Lastly, SQLite, which is essentially not a truly concurrent system, surprisingly felt quite concurrent with the pragma commands issued. Despite having many processes potentially writing to the database simultaneously, Furban only encountered locked database complaints from SQLite about once a week. In his conclusion, Furban affirms his plan to continue experimenting with SQLite to observe its behavior under various workloads. He's curious to see how long he can persist in production without needing to switch to a less minimalistic database system like Postgres. This article by Joseph Furban is significant because it challenges popular impressions about SQLite, suggesting that it may work quite well even in production apps where multiple processes may be writing to the database. It offers a different perspective about the performance and capabilities of SQLite to developers and IT managers reconsidering this lightweight database option in their Python and JavaScript projects. Part 5. Design. 1. Alt F4 number 65, Factorio Visualizer in Unreal Engine 5 from Alt F4.blog. The Alt F4 blog discusses an experimental project known as Factorio in Unreal Engine 5, FUE 5, that reimagines the 2D game Factorio in 3D space. The project, a collaboration between 3D artist Hurricane and Factorio Modern Nuke, creates a 3D visual environment of Factorio bases, albeit without actual gameplay. Key in its creation involved modeling and animating each Factorio asset from scratch followed by exporting the whole structure from the Cinema 4D and Adobe Photoshop software into Unreal Engine 5. The project emulates several key systems of the original game such as transport belts, trains, and the logistic system through the native UE5 blueprint node system. 
Aside from facing initial obstacles including FPS drop rates, the project progressed to replicate Factorio assets and systems while also making it possible to customize cinematic presentation ready for the release trailer. The authors encourage contributions and intend to refine existing systems before considering incorporation of modded content. The project creators underscore it as an open-source project for the Factorio community and not directly tied to Wubei Software, the developers of Factorio. 2. Starting design work in a spreadsheet from clearleft.com. This piece is written by Chris Howe, a design advocate at Clearleft. His main argument is that when kicking off a design project, the best tool might not be Figma or Sketch, but rather a good old spreadsheet. In Howe's view, a spreadsheet can provide deep informative insights into the content you'll be working with, thus aiding designers to make informed design decisions. At the heart of his argument, Howe presents four key things a designer can do within 30 minutes on a spreadsheet to gain actionable insights for their design direction. Firstly, he suggests conducting a content scrape, using tools such as Google Sheets and Screaming Frog, to gather and analyze data. The goal here is to move from data to actionable information. Secondly, he recommends analyzing the variety of page types on the website, to help create reusable components and flexible templates. The third and fourth tips relate to the content itself. How suggests identifying the longest and shortest page headings to aid typography decisions, emphasizing real content over placeholder messages. Lastly, he focuses on identifying visual styles by creating a montage of images from the website in the spreadsheet, enabling quicker review of variety, quality, and image styles. To wrap up, How highlights the value of a spreadsheet in providing rapid, valuable insights into a website's content and structure. This in turn may prevent wasted design time that could result from diving straight into the design process without this knowledge. Essentially, How is championing the idea of spreadsheets before style sheets. Overall, the importance of this article lies in its approach to web design by championing content inventory and audit in its early stages. It offers valuable tips and insights for designers and content strategists alike, showing them how to take a data-driven design approach for more informed design decisions. Furthermore, it emphasizes the use of actual website examples, arguing that thoughtful preliminary work can lead to a more effective, efficient, and successful design process. 3. AFont, an experimental AI-generated typeface from afont.process.studio. AFont, an innovative creation by Process Studio, is a compilation of 500 AI-generated font files. The fonts were crafted using a custom can trained on a large repository of images bearing text. The outcome is a blend of varying styles and typeface genres, intriguingly demonstrating the training process itself. Along with static fonts, the buyers get a variable font, providing ease of use across different projects. The unique quality of a font lies primarily in its generation. Each curve, line, and detail of the typeface is the fruit of meticulous design by AI algorithms. This typeface introduces an element of versatility to any design project, blending effortlessly with various mediums and ensuring visual harmony. Supported with brilliant impact and neat detailing, it suggests a timeless elegance that fits both modern and traditional designs. AFont promises superior legibility, every aspect, be it letter forms, spacing or kerning, finely tuned by AI algorithms to provide a distraction-free reading experience. It expands the horizon for creativity, with an interesting mix of styles including serifs, sans serifs and playful scripts among others. Keeping in mind global accessibility, the glyphs have been designed to cater to different languages. The A font comes in a variable font for web use, Adobe InDesign, Illustrator, Photoshop, Sketch, and Figma, and a static font collection for other applications. For those who only need select weights, use the static font variant for reduced loading times. 
Important to note is the website's admission that the glowing description provided is AI-generated and includes exaggerated or inaccurate information. Thus AFont is still under development and offered as it stands, without warranties. Any updates in the future, however, will be available free of cost for current buyers. Analysis The innovative use of AI in typography as represented by AFont is fascinating. Bridging the gap between artificial intelligence and artistic finesse, it signifies a new direction for graphic design and font development. However, potential buyers should turn a critical eye to the AI-generated, hyperbolic descriptions and evaluate the utility of such a font suite independently. The free update's promise for the future could be seen as an effort to win over early adopters during its development phase. Nonetheless, it's clear that tools like AFont only herald further fusion of AI and artistic pursuits. Part 6. Books. 1. Data-Oriented Design from DataOrientDesign.com Data-Oriented Design is an online resource penned by Richard Fabian. Even though this version is free and stripped of some less relevant chapters, it's geared toward educating readers about data-oriented design, a software architecture approach that arranges its data according to its purpose, rather than how it's encapsulated in classes or objects. At its heart, data-oriented design is all about taking full advantage of machine architecture, and this text provides comprehensive sections on a range of key topics. The segments cover everything from relational databases normalization and various types of processing to advice on sorting and optimization implementation strategies. The author also touches on helping the compiler with techniques to reduce dependencies, mindfully using cache lines and being aware of speculative execution. In the realm of debugging, Fabian details implementing polymorphism, avoiding the use of booleans and enums unnecessarily and the essence of component-based objects. With exhaustive sections on searching strategies and data-oriented lookups, the author also touches upon maintaining order in data, the right time for optimization and the imperative of providing the compiler with relevant assistance. Fabian also emphasizes helping the compiler with strategies for reducing memory dependency, making the writing buffer aware, and insightfully managing cache line utilization. More in-depth topics like speculative execution awareness and auto-vectorization provide valuable insights for those looking to capitalize fully on their system resources. Lastly, with an apparent advocacy for reusability and good order, there are sections involving maintenance and reuse strategies, with points on debugging, pointers avoidance, and reusable functions. It links to deeper discussions about the problems inherent in other design choices, highlighting the pitfalls of internalized state and instance-oriented development. In sum, this book is a comprehensive primer for anyone interested in understanding data-oriented design at a deeper level and its advantages over other software design methodologies. It is awash with careful explanations, cogent arguments, and specific strategies to employ. The significance of this resource lies not only in its depth of detailed information but in its pragmatic approach in advocating for the practicality of data-oriented design. Reading or listening to this summary could inspire programmers and developers to implement these strategies in their work, leading to better working software and more efficient resource utilization. 2. The Overflowing Brain, Information Overload and the Limits of Working Memory from tertuliamoderna.blogspot.com The article under review is a comprehensive examination of Torkel Klingberg's book The Overflowing Brain, Information Overload and the Limits of Working Memory by Pete Olin, published on Tertulia Moderna. The book delves into the concept of working memory and the effects of attention, fatigue, and incoming information the brain has to handle. Klingberg explores whether training could improve working memory, concluding that the training should push the memory's limits to be effective. It also includes discussions on ADHD, the potential of computer games to improve cognitive ability, and concerns over medication side effects. 
The website Tertulia Moderna also features several book reviews across diverse genres by various authors, a film review titled Carbon Nation, and an article discussing government functions. Lastly, the site contains blogs categorized by month and year and features a recommendation for the Inc. for All offline word processor. The website, supported by Blogger, engages with readers through an interactive interface that includes links to various content, an extensive blog archive section, and a brief about me section for Pete Olin, the presumed main author of the site. Part 7. Working. 1. How to 1.5x your salary through negotiation from careercutler.substack.com. The article by Jordan Cutler, How You Can 1.5x Your Salary Through Negotiation, explores strategies for successful salary negotiations. The author aims to shift the mindset of negotiation being a combative process to that of a friendly conversation with the key being empathy, collaboration, and creating leverage. Cutler advises asking potential employers for the salary range rather than providing personal expectations up front. Additionally, he highlights means of leverage like the company's urgency to fill a role and the benefits derived from other job offers. If a company is unyielding on its base salary, Cutler encourages focusing on other benefits like flexibility or extra time off. He concludes by emphasizing the importance of seeing negotiation as a casual conversation and offers personal coaching sessions for further assistance. 2. How to Pass a First Round Interview from Lenny'sNewsletter.com The article How to Pass Any First Round Interview, Even in a Terrible Talent Market, by Coach Erica, provides practical advice for job seekers. The piece starts with a discussion on the reasons employers hold first-round interviews and what they typically involve. Erica introduces her interview preparation method, the Minimum Viable Interview Prep, MVIP, and offers advice for candidates such as using the employer's language when describing their own experiences and preparing for technical screens or product design interviews. She also emphasizes knowing one's digital footprint and understanding the applied role. The author provides tips for answering experience-based questions and using the STAR method for behavioral questions. Moreover, the article includes guidance on dealing with workplace situations such as project cancellations and appropriate questions to ask the interviewer. Coach Erica invites readers to share their successes and provides additional resources for further reading. She concludes by reminding readers to subscribe and share the newsletter. The website ends with copyright notices and options for mobile reading. 3. Job Lens, AI-powered job search for who is hiring from Katoa.com. The notable innovation at the heart of our discussion is Katoa's Job Lens, an AI-powered job search tool aimed to redefine the way you hunt for your dream career. The premise is simple and appealing, let artificial intelligence do the laborious task of finding the perfect job matching your preferences. Here is how it works. Katoa's Job Lens allows users to highlight their working preferences from an array of available job sources, be it corporations, startups or nonprofits. Users also have the discretion to point out their preferred working method, remote, on-site, or a hybrid of the two. Following that, using its AI muscle, Job Lens picks up unstructured job postings from these sources and converts them into a uniform format, making browsing for jobs a seamless task. Further, Katoa's Job Lens has plans to evolve. The platform aims to fully customize job sources, even letting users add their preferred companies. With the future promising personalization of job monitoring and event tracking based on user preferences, the tool appears to be the go-to solution for job seekers in the digital age. Now turning to the larger picture, the significance of this tool can't be underscored. In an increasingly digital age, job hunting has become quite intimidating given the sheer volume of posts across various platforms. With Cato as Job Lens, the efficiency and convenience of job searching could be incredibly enhanced. It's a promising step towards restructuring how we perceive and undertake job searches. Part 8. Learn. 
1. Why is desalination so difficult? From practical.engineering. The article Why is desalination so difficult? By Wesley Crump delves into the complexities and challenges of desalination, a process of removing salts and minerals from seawater to make it suitable for consumption and use. Despite its potential to resolve water scarcity, the processes of desalination, such as distillation and reverse osmosis, are energy-intensive, expensive, and require considerable maintenance. Over 18,000 desalination plants globally provide less than 1% of water needs due to this high resource consumption. While renewable energy sources can offer alternative solutions, they also come with their own complications. Notwithstanding these challenges, desalination is suggested as a viable solution in areas facing severe water scarcity, with places like Saudi Arabia, the UAE, California, Texas, and Florida benefiting from such facilities. The author highlights the benefit of transferring technical and financial responsibilities to private sectors as a way to facilitate the implementation of desalination projects. 2. Stanford AI Courses from i.stanford.edu The webpage in focus is a part of Stanford University's Artificial Intelligence Laboratory's website, specifically their courses page. It provides information about a new video introduction added to some of their artificial intelligence courses taken in the fall of 2019. The addition of video introductions to some courses from the fall semester of 2019, notably CS229, reflects Stanford AI Lab's commitment to present its students with a comprehensive understanding of their courses. Although detailed information on what the video introductions contain is lacking on the site, they likely offer course overviews, introductions to faculty and assessments, and perhaps some irresistible hooks to engage the students right from the get-go. These videos can serve as a valuable resource for students, enhancing their course comprehension and preparing them in advance for what to expect in the class. The introduction of video content underlines a significant development in educational practices and the use of AI technology. This addition could be a beacon for the incorporation of more diverse and engaging formats of learning within academic institutions, enhancing student experience and comprehension. Given Stanford's influence as a premier educational institution, this small change hints at potentially broader implications for AI in education, setting the stage for innovative applications of technology. Let's watch this space for more. 3. Learning needs to be effortful to be effective from giantsegato.com. In his article titled How to Learn Better in the Digital Age, John Segato shares an introspective journey of redefining his approach to learning in the internet era. Engrossed in hours of frenzied digital content consumption, Segato realized he was mistaking his tireless edutainment as learning and retained little. Segato begins by outlining his emergent conundrum. Despite overtly immersing himself in digital content, from TED Talks to Hacker News posts, he wasn't hacking anything. The realization emerged when he attempted to employ the knowledge supposedly gained in discussions and debates, only to discover that the data he'd consumed was slipping away, like water from a leaky bucket. Employing the differential analogy of information and knowledge, he describes the former as ephemeral and the latter as foundational. Contrary to the common assumption of amassing information to generate knowledge, Segato clarifies that consuming significant amounts of digital data hardly equates to sound cognition in the long run. After delving deep into the realms of meta-learning, Segato pinpoints that the crucial aspect of learning is the effort invested in the process. He remarks that learning is essentially an intrinsic physical process, that shapes itself best when the assimilation of its processes is physically effortful. This leads to his discovery that his previous digital sources of knowledge were nothing more than forms of entertainment. To illustrate the physicality of learning, he turns to neurology. He explains how the brain creates knowledge through the process of myelination, impacting the strength of connectivity between neurons. This process, dictated by the active use of unexplored regions of the brain, further solidifies his theory, learning is structurally hard. 
Sagato asserts that we need to reassess digital learning, insisting that mindless browsing can be converted into scouting for learning opportunities. He shares his approach of maintaining a learning inbox, a concept borrowed from Andy Machuskok, where he sends every piece of interesting content he finds on the internet. This consists of a triage process, where he decides whether to actively engage with it, file it for future interest, or discard it. In conclusion, Sagato identifies learning as an active and exertive process, wherein creation is the catalyst for learning, and passive consumption equates to recreation. His article promotes proactive engagement with digital content for meaningful learning and growth. This article underscores a common pitfall in our digital age, the misconception of edutaining. 4. The Animated Elliptic Curve from Curves.Zargs.org In the text, the topic at hand is the visualization of the elliptic curve cryptography, which begins every TLS 1.3 session with a key exchange. The author takes a deep dive into explaining the theory and application linked with the cryptographic protocol. The elliptic curve cryptography process is unpacked by referring to the example of curve 25519, introducing base points and point addition. The author elaborates on how point addition is commutative and associative, noting that no matter in which order or which points are added, the output will always be the same point that was obtained by repetitively adding P to itself. Further, the author delves into finite field math, a unique set of mathematical operations that encompass only a designated set of numbers such as 0 to 22. Mention is made of operations like addition slash subtraction, multiplication, negation, and square root which occur under well-defined rules in order to maintain structural simplicity even with divergent operations. The text further combines the two concepts of elliptic curves and finite field math, exploring an elliptic curve equation with a finite field of prime number 61 as an example. The addition of points on an elliptic curve and the impact of finite field math are explained with formulas for simpler interpretation. The process of key exchange is explained. In a scenario where two parties, Alice and Bob, wish to initiate a private conversation, they would select a random number that no potential eavesdropper could predict. By computing the coordinates of their chosen number multiplications, they arrive at an agreement and subsequently establish private communication. The real-world implications of curve 25519, the most common curve for key exchanges, are fleshed out in contrast to the toy curve used in the earlier explanation. The immensely large field of numbers and the capability to add to itself over 2 to the power of 252 times before repetition validates its robustness in actual cryptographic usage. Fundamentally, this deep dive into elliptic curve cryptography and finite field math illuminates the mechanisms behind cryptographic security and digital communication, breaking down its complex operations into understandable chunks. Analysis the functionality of cryptographic security such as that behind TLS 1.3 is propelled by complex mathematical concepts such as elliptic curve cryptography and finite field math. The author's explanation simplifies these complex concepts to a level where an average reader can easily grasp them. This presents an opportunity to understand and appreciate the sophisticated security systems embedded within daily digital communications. As Cybersecurity Threats Part 9, Startup News 1. Twitter is dosing itself from spa.social. A humorous incident on Twitter was shared by Sheldon Chang, who offers an analysis of Twitter's seemingly distributed denial of service, DDoS, attacking itself. Chang refers to the Twitter home feed being down for a significant amount of time, without succeeding to load content, yet the site continuously attempts to do so. An error message in the first video presented indicates being rate limited, followed by a flickering scroll bar. Chang explains that this unusual behavior results from Twitter sending about 10 requests per second to itself in an attempt to fetch unavailable content. This issue, as Chang points out, 
is probably triggered by Elon Musk's recent innovation that hampers users from browsing Twitter without logging in, hence creating unforeseen challenging situations for the engineers and leading to a series of mistakes. Incredulously, these internal requests can overload Twitter's servers, in practice causing a self-imposed distributed denial-of-service, DDoS, attack. This is often a malicious strategy where numerous systems overload a target system with internet traffic, in this case, however, it is unintentionally self-inflicted and therefore comically paradoxical. The deeper significance here is certainly a critique of Twitter's technical management and some of the unintended consequences of recent changes to its platform. There's an implicit call here to remember that changes to user interfaces can have deep, and sometimes unexpected, impacts on the back-end infrastructure. Moreover, this emphasizes the importance of thoroughly testing any significant changes in various scenarios to avoid such self-inflicted issues. 2. Blue Sky partners with Namecheap to power domains as usernames from BlueSkyWeb.xyz. The article titled Purchase and Manage Domains Directly Through Blue Sky was published by the Blue Sky team on July 5, 2023. As the title suggests, the primary announcement of this blog post is the unveiling of a revolutionary feature in Blue Sky, the ability to purchase and manage domains directly. The novel functionality allows users to select a custom domain as their Blue Sky handle, and more, all through Blue Sky's interface. This is a significant departure from the traditional method where users typically had to buy a domain name from a registrar, and configuring DNS records in the registrar's site. The implementation of the feature was possible due to Blue Sky's strategic partnership with Namecheap, a leading domain name registrar. Renowned for its 22-year stance of supporting the Electronic Frontier Foundation and Open Internet, Namecheap's commitment to providing reliable and affordable domain services complements Blue Sky's goal of giving users more choice in managing their digital identity. Blue Sky's users will enjoy several benefits from this integration including the ability to set a new domain as username effortlessly, simple domain purchasing, heightened privacy as Blue Sky assumes the role of the domain registrar agent, uncomplicated domain management within Blue Sky, email forwarding and URL forwarding to their Blue Sky profile. To top it all, acquiring domain through Blue Sky doesn't tie users down, they maintain the authority to transfer the domain if needed. The team hinted at exploring more services that could be bundled to foster a smoother user experience. The overall significance of this article is the demonstration of Blue Sky's ongoing commitment to providing a more smooth, user-centric platform, fostering both digital autonomy and flexibility for its users. It hints at a possible paradigm shift in digital identity management and represents an ongoing power shift towards more user-facing internet services. Part 10. Fun. 1. PhD Simulator from Research.WMZ.Ninja Myanzi Wang, a researcher and developer, is the author behind a unique game titled PhD Simulator. It offers an interactive, text-based experience revolving around the journey of securing a PhD. Its premise is to make a user-selected decision at the start of every month and view its consequences as the game progresses, with the ultimate goal being to attain doctoral graduation. PhD Simulator is an RNG, random number generator, game, suggesting that outcomes are dictated by chance rather than user choices or skills. The twist here is that the game's ultimate conclusions are entirely unforeseen and cannot be influenced, mirroring real-life experiences where outcomes cannot be controlled despite our dedicated efforts and measured decisions. Beyond the light-hearted entertainment, the game serves as a metaphor for the randomness of life, including the pursuit of a professional degree like a PhD. It reinforces the notion that irrespective of our actions, preparation, and dedication, certain aspects and results in life are essentially outside our control. This reflection is made more profound, considering the author's academic standing. 
His application of coding and knowledge of research methodologies to create a game addressing a very real-world experience is a refreshing perspective on the randomness and unpredictability of professional fields. So in a nutshell, pick your path, make your choices, hang tight, and hope the RNG gods are in your favor, because the PhD journey, like life, is full of unpredictability. And while it's just a game, the underlying message is quite serious, acknowledging the importance of adaptability and the acceptance of unforeseen results in our personal and professional lives. 2. Terrible Real Estate Agent Photographs from TerribleRealEstateAgentPhotos.com TerribleRealEstateAgentPhotos.com is a tongue-in-cheek site that pulls together a collection of what it claims to be the worst photographs posted by real estate agents. These pictures, highlighting the less glamorous side of property selling, come complete with witty captions for comic effect. It's amusing, definitely unconventional, and well, pretty terrible. The site curates photos that typically illustrate poor lighting, cluttered spaces, odd decorating choices, and weird perspectives that do more to trigger laughter than to spark buyer's interest. It's a showcase of bizarre wallpaper selections, eccentric displays of personal belongings, and unruly landscapes, all trying to sell a property. Each photograph is attached with a humorous commentary, amplifying the laughable features within the frame disasters. Examples range from a ridiculously overgrown bonsai tree that fills an entire room to scenes of standard British terraced housing proclaimed as suitable for first-time Tudor monarchs. There's surreal property photography, where washing machines make their move as night falls. The quirkiness is heightened by strange staging choices, areas of extraordinary darkness lampooned as Arthur's beloved garden, and scenes of stark emptiness with the caption, it's great to have somewhere for our books, and it'll be even better once we've written them. Seeing beyond the humor, the site demonstrates what not to do in real estate photography. It underlines the importance of a well-considered visual portrayal of a property that aims to appeal prospective buyers. For those involved in the realty industry, it's a lighthearted lesson in avoiding such photographic faux pas. For those who are not, it's a source of laughter, a reminder of how the mundane and absurd can sometimes coincide in everyday life. For the listeners, the site does not deliver factual insights into real estate, but it offers a great deal of entertainment and a break from the seriousness often surrounding property discussions. 3. Lego Building Instructions from Archive.org The article from the Lego Building Instructions section on the Internet Archive website provides extensive building instructions for various Lego sets. Users can search for specific manuals using metadata, text contents, creator, and language. The site encourages online donations to support the continuation of their services. Each entry includes a unique identification number and the name of the Lego set. The listed sets cover a wide range of themes such as Titanic, Haunted High School, International Space Station, etc. Links are provided to detailed instructions of each set. The website data, added on May 29, 2023, also provides additional functionalities and analytical tools. The comprehensive collection is a valuable resource for LEGO enthusiasts looking for specific guidelines to assemble LEGO models. 4. CSS-only chat from github.com The article discusses a unique project called CSS-only chat, hosted on GitHub and created by a user named Kukta. This project is characterized by being an asynchronous web chat system that operates solely through CSS, without utilizing any JavaScript in the front end. It has managed to attract attention, gathering 6.3k stars and 276 forks. The system works by using CSS to interact with background images on button presses, sending a GET request to the server and allowing for communication. To receive data, the web page is designed never to finish loading, letting the server continually push data to the client. Despite being inspired by known disasters, it is appreciated for its cleverness. The project is open for contributions and is mainly written in Ruby with some CSS.
5. I made a puzzle game with 3.js from thomasfriday.com. Penned by Thomas Friday, an avid game designer and coder, this post introduces us to his latest creation, Cuboid. This game marks the second installment in his ambitious undertaking, a one-game-per-month challenge, a daring endeavor aimed to stretch his creativity and game-designing prowess over the course of a year. Cuboid engages players through a minimalist, keyboard-controlled interface. Players navigate their way by using arrow keys, providing an accessible gaming experience removed from the complexity of contemporary gaming controls. However, the content of the game remains undisclosed, adhering to the time-old tradition of games where discovery is part of the enjoyment. A notable element of Thomas Friday's initiative is his engagement with his audience. He offers his followers a chance to stay updated about future game releases via his newsletter. It's a bid not only to build a loyal audience base, but also to create a community of gamers who appreciate his craft. The significance of Friday's one-game-per-month initiative lies not just in the prodigious new games to follow, but also in the prolific coding and design creativity it embodies. It sets a striking example for aspiring developers to emulate, underlining the importance of consistent creativity and productivity. As we digest this piece, we're reminded how dedication and passion can lead to unexpected innovations in a world that's continually unfolding. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to HackerCast.